Welcome to Vinylize. I'm Mark Sykes. And I'm Paul McCormick. It starts with a dream. Then, music lessons. Practice, hard work, dedication, creativity, and legwork. When you finally get your band, then there's recording the hit albums, the world tours, and the fame. After multiple smash hits and tours, what's next? The same old, same old? Or maybe a solo album? How dare he even say that? What will the other bandmates think? How will the label react? What about the fans? So many questions, not enough answers. Did I mention a side project? Ooh, let's drop the needle on this week's album. Finalize and send it to me. Realize the songs that set you free. This week's album on Finalize is Full Moon Fever by Tom Petty. You know the expression, don't judge a book by its cover? Well, don't judge this album by its cover. Sure, the basic look resembles a grade 9 visual arts project that maybe at best got a C+. But trust me, the music <laughs> inside is an A+. I mean, listen to some of the hit songs off of it. Free Falling, I Won't Back Down, Running Down a Dream, and those are just three out of the five singles on this fantastic album. And the stories that inspired them are just as good. We're going to tell you about that as well. So there's 12 songs in total, and the length of the album is 40 minutes. Full Moon Fever is interesting because of the collaboration that took place to make it. So for Tom Petty's debut solo album, he had members from the Heartbreakers, and he also had help from Jeff Lynne of the Electric Light Orchestra, and Roy Orbison, and George Harrison from the Beatles. Amazing. So the songwriting that took place on this album is a mostly collaborations between Tom Petty and Jeff Lynne. And Jeff Lynne was also a producer on this album, along with Mike Campbell and Tom Petty. So Full Moon Fever was a huge commercial and it was a critical success, reaching number three on the Billboard Top 200. It's also multi-platinum in Canada and USA. And, you know, I chose it simply for free falling at first. Um, I've always loved playing Free Falling uh, on guitar. It's one of the first songs I ever learned. So it's got that sentimental value to it. <laughs> and a little more recently, I learned the song I Won't Back Down. And when I learned that song, I also heard the story behind it. And it's going to blow your minds when I tell you. So I looked into what album Free Falling was off of. And it was this one, Full Moon Fever. And then when I saw I Won't Back Down and Running Down a Dream, well, I had to listen to the rest of the album. Vinylized listeners, I encourage you to do the same because I don't think you're going to be disappointed. When I listened to this album, I was going for a run, and the whole time I'm thinking, oh man, I gotta share this one with Mark. So Mark, what did you think of it? I love this album. It's easy listening, rock and roll, but it's a beast. And it reminds me of comfort food because mm -hmm. it's just so easy to consume. It's exciting music. It makes me want to vinylize so much because of how many people are on this album. I actually listened to eight other records this week because wow. of Full Moon Fever. It also reminds me of my dad and how much he loves music and how much he inspired me. When I listen to this album, I think of him. I think of the covers he does, and it just warms my heart. So this is a great album. If you haven't heard it before, like I hadn't heard it before, like Me neither. Days ago. And I'm blown away and I can't stop listening to it. It's, it's inspired so many great finalized conversations this week. I talked to a buddy who said he just graduated high school. He took a job painting 
and he li- literally listened to this album on cassette tape over and over and over and over and over again until the cassette almost stopped working. <laughs> That's how great this album is. And I believe that I could burn a hole through the digital copy that I have <laughs> because it's so good. And there's so much to talk about, Paul. So we got to get into it. Let's get into it. Um, let's talk about just why the album might be called uh, Full Moon Fever. Any Any ideas why it might be called Full Moon Fever? Well, I had to look into what a full moon fever is. Is it even okay. a thing? Is this a creative right. title? And what I dug up was that it is a rare event, like two full moons in one month, which I had no oh. idea could actually happen. Um, but yeah, it's a very, very rare event. Yeah. So, uh, um, so that's called a blue moon. So when there's two moons in one month, that's actually called a blue moon. But the actual um, term once in a blue moon comes from actually having four moons in one season, which is really, 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 really rare. Okay, so if you get four moons in one season, um, that's actually a once in a blue moon situation. But I also looked into lunar eclipses because when a lunar eclipse happens, it becomes like a coppery reddish color, the moon. So I wonder if that's like a full moon fever or like anyone who works in like emergency services Mm -hmm. tends to tell you like, oh, it's a full moon. It's going to be a crazy moon tonight. we got the full moon fever. And (laughs) is that what this album is doing to people? It's just making them go a little bit you know, nutty because yeah, it's is, such is, good music. Is it referencing that this is going to be a one-off as well? Because Tom Petty had, um, you know, the, he's with the Heartbreakers. Yes. And he did a bit of work with another band. And then he's doing this as almost like a side project, right? Maybe mm-hmm. this is a one-off and that's why he called it Full Moon Fever. Maybe. Oh, I like that idea. And you know what? There's there's references to monsters on this album, like vampires, zombies, mm-hmm. and who else comes out on a full moon like a werewolf? So mm-hmm. maybe he's just really into like mythical creatures. But I kind of like what you're saying that, it, you know, he's had seven albums before. And this is kind of like a once in a blue moon thing that he's going to do. He's going to create a solo album. Maybe. <laughs> which <right>? is amazing. <laughs> um, you talked about the album artwork maybe getting you a C plus in visual arts. Come on, nine. it's it's a terrible okay. It's yeah. a bad cover, right? It's it's, it's basic. It's simple. It's simple. It seems to me that it might be retro posters, you know, where you would like get a whole yeah. bunch of paper, you would use three colors of paint, mm-hmm. and you would have your stamp. And your stamp would be the black ink over top of it. And that's how you would make like 200 concert posters. I wonder if he's trying to get back to the roots of those type of posters. And vinylized listeners, if you're not familiar with the album cover that we're talking about, it's got like a, a stripe of pink, a middle stripe of yellow, and the bottom stripe is blue. And on top of that is Tom Petty, Full Moon Fever. And it's a picture it of Tom of, Petty. <laughs> it reminded me of your bathing suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. So we've talked about, you know, the album artwork, we've talked about, um, why the, um, you know, the album might be called full moon fever. Um, there's lots of great videos for this album too. He was big on making videos, wasn't he? There's animation, there's, you know, famous landmarks and in some of his videos that I want to talk about when we get to free falling. Should we get into this album right now? Like, I can't wait. Let's Should do we it. just start getting into it. Yep. Okay. So uh, song number one is Free Falling, Paul. Uh, beautiful, clean guitar off the top. Um, it's just exciting hearing the song. And this was a huge song in Canada. It went mm-hmm. uh, six times platinum, this album. It's insane. Um, yeah. You know, the, it's a simple story. And, and it's three chords and the truth. I love Free Falling. Um, he wrote this one with Jeff Lynn in about two days. And you're right, it sold millions of copies it peaked at number seven on the billboards um and you know 
I think it kind of represents Tom Petty in the sense that it's very humble. It's a very honest and it doesn't really project fame. You know, a lot of his music kind of speaks to me in that way. He's not a boastful person, Tom Petty. If you hear him in interviews, he's kind mm -hmm. of like a middle class, blue collar kind of guy, even though he's actually a rock star with millions and millions of dollars, right? Yeah. And so the label didn't like this song and he had to park the song for a little bit and then bring it back. And then they were like, okay, we like it. Isn't that a crazy story? Well, it is. And I don't know, maybe it's because the label hadn't heard other um, work from Tom Petty up to this point. But, you know, mm -hmm. I think this song kind of came uh, into existence when he was playing piano with Jeff Lynne, uh, just mm -hmm. having fun with the first verse. And, you know, Lynne says, try saying free falling and Petty goes an octave or two higher to free falling. And he, he had to kind of sustain the free to, you know, make it work with the, the chords that he's playing. Uh, they kind of knew they were onto something. And it's another one of these great stories of a hit song being written in, in a very short amount of time. You know, Tom Petty writes the rest of the song that night and they got to record this. So where are they going to record it? Well, Mike Campbell, who is one of the heartbreakers, uh, he had a recording studio nearby. And of course, you can always go to your buddy if you need a favor. So, hey, Mike, knock on the door, man. We got to record this. And yeah, we want you to be a part of it. Wow. Yeah. That is a cool story. So when you're free falling, there's that like feeling of freedom, but there's also that idea that you could splat, right? It could be a, yeah. a bad, bad yeah, thing. Yeah, the chute now, doesn't open. <laughs> you've jumped out of a plane. I have, yeah. It's How awesome, is that man. free falling? Yeah? It's the best feeling in the world, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, the closest thing I've ever done to um, jumping out of an airplane is trust falls. <laughs> and yeah. uh, in like second year university, we were doing trust falls. And one of the people in my class, he was a, he was a pretty huge guy. And, uh, you know, he knew that the trust fall was coming and, and the teacher was uh, like explaining it, but he just went for it, but she wasn't ready and he <laughs> fell on her and she like collapsed over and he's like laying on top of her and she's like, I trusted you, you idiot. And she was like so mad. I was like, ooh, trust falls that don't work out. Um, sorry, I, I digress. Um, I want to talk about the places in this song. So he talks mm. about uh, vampires walking up Ven Ventura Boulevard. Yeah. And so when Tom Petty passed away, his fans actually dressed up and walked down the boulevard to pay tribute to Tom Petty. Wow, cool. Isn't that a neat little story? Oh, man, I love that. I love that. You know, did you watch the video for this? I did. It's very cool. He's like on a crane or something. Well, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's going through a, a mall as well, right? Right, right. And so this mall, it's filled out what was called the West Side Pavilion. And in 2019, oh. it's actually converted into offices for Google. So it's not there anymore. They've demolished it. Um, I don't know why sometimes when we vinylize, we go down these rabbit holes of, hey, where was this filmed? Is this even there anymore? Um, <laughs> random, Spankies. useless knowledge like Spanky's Diner in Moncton, New Brunswick and <laughs> the West Side Pavilion, Gonzo. And the astronomy lesson. Um, let's move on to song number two, I Won't yeah. Back Down. Yeah. Uh, this has George Harrison on it. It does. And do you know who's also in the video for this? Uh, I think Ringo's in the video. Yeah. He's handed it up a lot, too. Yeah, right? Ringo but and George he Harrison. Actually, he doesn't play dr drums on the recording, right? No, he doesn't. But in the video, he does. Okay, so Phil Jones, I believe, is the session drummer. And he's been um, kind of like flagged as like one of the best 
session drummers of all time. Like there's Mm -hmm. many artists that are like, oh, can we get, can we get Phil Jones in here? Uh, Which is pretty amazing. But yeah, why does Ringo end up in the video? I don't know. Maybe it's because it's Tom Petty. Hey, you want to be in a Tom Petty video? Of course. Do you want to tell the story behind this song Uh or... I want you to, but I, I just want to mention yeah. that uh, Tom Petty was actually sick when he recorded the vocals for this song. And, and uh, George Harrison was making him like some herbal teas like to that. help him get his vocals yeah. up, to, yeah. up to speed. I heard it was ginger root. He's, you know, he boiled some ginger root and he said, here. You want some ginger root? Well, my, yeah, yeah, have some ginger root, yeah? And uh, put, your, put your nose in it and it's going to clear your, <laughs> your throat and your sinuses. We did this all over Abbey Road, Mike. We did it all over Abbey Road. Okay, uh, tell me about Won't Back Down. Okay. I Won't Back Down. This is a crazy story because it inspires what the writing is for I Won't Back Down. So before this was written in 1989, we're going to rewind to May 1987. <laughs> and Tom Petty is eating breakfast with his wife and his daughter, and they smell smoke. There's fire. Within minutes, his entire house is engulfed in flames. Luckily, they escaped. Uh, a housekeeper was in the house at, a to- at the time, and her hair actually got caught on fire while she was trying to escape. She was okay other than that, but the whole house burned down. The only thing that didn't burn down was the recording studio in the basement. And you might be wondering, how did this fire even start? Well, the investigators determined it was arson. They noticed that the back stairs leading to the um, mansion was doused in lighter fluid. And, and to make this even worse, the guy was never caught. So Tom Petty had always suspected he knew who it was, but he never had enough evidence to prove it. And I never even heard him mention who he thinks it was. Now, there's some conjecture out there saying that there was a riff with his uh, record label. He turned down um, an offer, and that might have been payback but it's it's never really been documented to my knowledge so tom petty rebuilt his house on the same site and that's really where the the inspiration from this song comes from because he had that option at the time to pack it in and say this is too crazy let's just move right or let me not i'm not going to perform any more music or i'm not going to go on tour um you know it's interesting what happened to the house after it was rebuilt um it was sold a couple times selena gomez last time i checked lives there now so that's amazing that's the, kind of the story of the house and and the inspiration behind i won't back down and he actually took his family on tour when they didn't have a house they're like well we're just yeah. gonna go on tour anyway so why don't you guys just come with us yeah how yeah. crazy was that tour and were they touring with bob dylan is that when he was opening for bob dylan do you know or I, I, I think so. And then, you know, you got song number three that is love is a long road. So maybe when you have your family on the road, <laughs> love is a long road. <laughs> hey, 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 listen, before we get to that, I got one last yes. little point for I won't back down. Okay, um, yeah. Sam Smith, uh, everybody's heard of Sam Smith. He's got a big hit song called Stand By Me. And it actually sounds stay, a lot. No, stay with me. Sorry. Stay with me. Thank you. Yeah. Stand um, by me is a different one. <laughs> has come. <laughs> yes. Stay with me. Um, it sounds a lot like I won't back down. And Tom Petty brought this up and, and it was agreed on it that it sounds too much like it. So Tom Petty's uh, estate now receives 12.5% royalties from what? that Sam Smith song. And it's a huge song. 
You vinylized me. I did not know that. You just vinylized me. Okay, I'm going to get right. you back later today. Right. I have a feeling you will. <laughs> uh, you know, Love is a Long Road. Um, it's a great song. I feel like you can really hear Jeff Lynne uh, doing his thing on this song. It's got a very 80s sounding beginning. That's not a diss. I'm just mm -hmm. saying that's where it sounds like it's coming from. And I like the writing, but, you know, when you talk about love, I don't think a long road is the first thing I think about when I think about love. Like, what's the first thing that come to mind? Like, if you're going to make like a, you know, a, a simile, like love is like. Yeah, it's like uh, growth. So maybe love is like a, a flower, like a tree. Okay. It's nature and it grows, right. you know. Um, yeah, it's not a long, dusty road that's going to be an arduous journey with, right. with a yeah. lot of hills. <laughs> you know, it's like. Uh, this is a road where there's no bathrooms. You've been in a fight and now you're getting the cold shoulder and it's a long road and it's like prairie driving, right? It's not like, <laughs> I don't want to be in love. I want to be in like, is, is that okay? Where's the road to like, the, you're right. This song does sound like an eighties song and it, it reminds right. me of um, like the song that would play at the end of an eighties movie while the credits are rolling. Oh, nice. Yeah. The yeah. credits are rolling and this song is what comes on. Yeah, like if, if they did Goodwill Hunting in the 80s, mm -hmm. it wouldn't be an Elliot Smith song at the end of the movie. It would be Love is a Long Road. Well, at the end, remember at the end of yeah. the movie, it's, he's just driving along the freeway. You know what, dude? No, I kind of disagree. It would be more like a Magnum oh. P.I. sort of thing. You're in your Ferrari, oh. palm okay. trees, the sunset near the ocean. You got the girl. Love is a Long Road. Roll the credits. Roll the credits. Play the song. We're done. <laughs> you. Speaking of love songs, song number four is actually a love song. So it's A Face in the Crowd. Mm -hmm. um, it starts off calm and mysterious, but I really like what he's trying to say in this song. Um, you know, someone is important to you in your life right now. So think about that person. Okay, mm -hmm. vinylized listeners or Paul, think about them. But then think about how much they add to your life. Mm -hmm. But think about before you knew them. You didn't know what was missing. You didn't know how great your life could be until you meet this person. So, you know, a face in the crowd is a stranger that you don't know. But if you get to know that stranger, it could be like life changing. And I love that. It's, it's, it's a love song um, about, you know, recognizing how great that person is and how they were kind of mysterious in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I really like that where he says, you know, out of the out of the dream, out of the sky, into my heart, into my life. Tom Petty, you write great lyrics so amazing he's a great songwriter isn't he he tells such mm -hmm. a great story um i agree with you it's got this mysterious side to it and to me it described how love could be anywhere and maybe it could be found at a show right yeah it makes you think about that too like maybe as he's playing he's like scanning the crowd just right? a face like, in the crowd yeah just a face in the crowd but maybe mm -hmm. it's somebody important uh song number five is running down a dream i think this is the catchiest riff on the album Oh, yes. Would yes. you, can we agree to that? Fast paced, funky guitar, great rundown, love the energy. Um, it's amazing. It actually reminds me of a song from Fully Completely by The Tragically Hip. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll and, I, and then I was looking, the, you know, this album and that album, you know, there's not too many years between them. So it yeah. makes me kind of yeah, interested to think that, if there are any links. 92, this is 89. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, this is an all positive song about the open possibility of following your dreams, which mm -hmm. Tom Petty set out to do um, when he met Elvis as a young boy. Yeah. yeah and I think this is a, a cool side story. Do you want to share the story? Or do you want me to? 
I, you can definitely share it. Like that's yeah, what I was yeah. trying to do in my intro, talking about it all starts with a dream. Well, yeah. when he goes to the movie set, that's yeah. where it starts, right, Paul? That's right. Yeah, his uncle was actually um, part of the film crew, and so he was able to get a young Tom Petty in 1961. I think he was seven years old, and he says, "Hey, do you want to meet Elvis?" You know, Tom Petty says, "Of course," and he watches Elvis shoot this scene for hours on end where he's basically getting out of a long white Cadillac and walking across the street. And Tom Petty really notices all the girls going wild and fawning over Elvis and screaming for hours on end. And that's kind of what really got him to click with um, superstardom, with rock and roll to uh, get more into, you know, guitar and, and listening to Elvis, right? Yeah, for sure. Like it, it's kind of a neat start to a dream that, you know, springboards him into, you know, huge fame. And do you know the name of that uh, film that Elvis was working on? No, what? It was called Follow That Dream. No way. Yeah. Well, there you go. I, I want to talk about some of the lyrics in this song. You know, um, he says, yeah, I'm running down a dream that never would come to me. Uh, working on a mystery, going where where whenever wherever it leads mm -hmm. so this mystery working on a mystery so life's great mystery is essentially everyone finding their own place mm -hmm. following your bliss mm -hmm. you know choosing a dream and chasing it so he's not going to idly sit by and hope that it's going to come he's going to work his boots off to make sure that that dream comes and he's running it down and i love it and if this is not my new favorite driving song i don't know what is it's an all-time favorite driving song for a lot of people, right? That's that's when yeah. you, your road trip is starting. This is number uh, one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if love is a road like this road, I'm in. A cool little right? fact I found out. <laughs> <laughs> a cool little fact I found about this is the line, me and Dell were singing Little Runaway. And I always thought, who the heck yeah. is Dell? Um, well, in 1961, Dell Shannon's hit was Runaway. So Dell Shannon is a music artist. And guess what? He's on the album. He's on full moon fever. No, he's not. Pick your jaw off the, up off the ground, Mark. Yep. He is credited for making the barnyard noises on the album. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. So, no. so after this song, you know what's coming up. What? Well. Oh, the break. The break. And, and there's some <laughs> noises in that break, right? The barnyard that's noises. Him? That's Del. Del Shannon. Yeah. Okay, so there's a lot of things to talk about here. So uh -huh. we, we like to talk about where the vinyl break is. Yep. And so at this time in the music <laughs> world, CDs came out. and It was a big thing, which means you didn't have to turn over a, a cassette tape or a record. And so Tom Petty actually has a little bit of fun with this. He's like, hello, CD listeners. And then he talks about how we're going to have to take a moment so that the people who are listening on record or cassette tape have enough time to turn over the record. And then there's these animal si sounds, and you're saying that that's Del Shannon. Del Shannon, yeah. And, you know, what I love about this fun, surprising original idea is that as a listener, we all like these little surprises, whether it's a hidden track at the end um, or maybe I think Offspring Smash just came to mind where you have some guy's voice, right? Um, mm -hmm. Let's play music to soothe even the savage beast. You know, this is one of those things where it's you're not expecting it. It hits you and you kind of chuckle to yourself and you realize he's just having fun. I like it, but it's also frustrating because this is such a great song. And if you want to put this song on a mix, like CD or playlist, uh. you then have this really weird track at the end. So you've got your great playlist happening. You got Running Down the Dream, and then all of a sudden it goes, Hello, CD listeners. You're like, No, 
Sure. Why does it have to be on that track? But right? in fairness, I think if you're going to add um, anything to, you know, a best, uh, like a, you know, like your own album, you can cut that out, right? You could do that with you tapes. You cut it out. You can cut, cut it out. out. <laughs> well, that makes Should me, we move on? To, that makes me feel a whole lot better. Too? Yeah. Does it? Do it. Yeah. <laughs> do you feel, you feel a whole lot better? Yeah. So it's, because that's song number six. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when I first heard this, yeah. The Beatles jumped right out at me. George Harrison. Um, yeah. It reminds me of Here Comes the Sun, that, that first little intro. Um, mm-hmm. But guess what? Like, it turns out that it's actually a cover from The Birds, released in 1965. We're, we're, we must be getting better ears by doing this vinyl lines, because I agree. Like, I'm listening to song six, and I'm like, this song sounds different. There's something different about this song. Mm-hmm. And then reading about it, you find out, yeah, it's a, it's a Birds cover, 1965, uh, on the album Mr. Tambourine Man, yeah. right? I think, um, is it Gene Clark who writes this song? I think so, I think yeah. Gene Clark. Yeah. Um, I love this song. It's bright. It's happy. Um, it's. I think it's got a 12-string guitar on it, so that really <sighs> shines through, you know? And I love lyrics that say, like, you know, I'm going to leave you, and I'll probably feel a whole lot better. Not like yeah. I know I'm going to feel a whole lot better. Like, I'll, I'll probably Feel a whole lot that's better. why I love Tom Petty's <laughs> songwriting, and I think that's why he connects with so many people because right. he he's normal. Like let's use air quotes, he's normal, right? Um, right. It's simplicity, it's the honesty, it's kind of, I think, what we can all identify with. Yeah. So in the song, you know, this girl has cheated on maybe Gene Clark, the writer of the song, mm-hmm. and then he says he's going to leave her, and he'll probably feel a whole lot better. I mean, there's also moments where you're just like, I really miss that person. Of course, of course. <laughs> and then, of course, that person who cheated is so bad, which is uh, song number seven, You're So Bad. You're so bad. This was the fifth and final single from Full Moon Fever. Is, is this a gold digger song? Like somebody, a female you know, woman marries rich, she divorces, cleans them out, mm. and then kind of plays the field after. Maybe hooking up with a singer in a band um, and the husband is left with nothing. Yeah, I think it's also Tom Petty having fun with lyrics. Like it's kind yeah. of the more s- sillier song on the album. Yeah. You know, like, you yeah. know, uh, what is it? Dated a yuppie? No. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then married of course, a yuppie. He, yeah, and then he's he's dissing his sister for marrying a singer, yet he's a singer. Right? So I, yeah. that, that's kind of funny, and, and right? The video reflects that thought too of him being silly, you know? Yes. Um yeah. there's a lot that happens in it, and and one of the parts is, you know, the husband is shown with nothing, so he's kind of staying in a motel. Um, and there's a blow-up doll that he's driving around with, and that's his date. You know, he's got nothing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so hello, vinylized listeners. Um, this was the first song that Tom Petty wrote with Jeff Lynn uh, because uh, he was having trouble writing this song and making it land. So he, um, him and uh, Jeff worked on this song. This is the first song they worked on. And I, I think it's a really great song. Um, and I really love the chorus on this song. It's so catchy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I got you to save me. But not not me, baby. I love it. I think it's great. Maybe I sang those lyrics wrong. I don't really love songs that start with a count of four off the top. Yeah, and it happens he, twice on this album. Yeah. Like, does that really need to happen on a polished demo, or is that because we're they're recording it in Mike Campbell's uh, garage? I think it's just showing the simplicity of okay. of who he is, and also that he doesn't really care, which I think is great okay. because it actually works. 
Right. It, it, it works yeah. in the sense that it still sold millions of copies. It didn't prevent it right. from being successful. You're right. You're right. I, 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 like I said, this is a great song. If you've never heard this song, vinylized listeners, check it out. Love the chorus. Song number eight, depending on you. This is just a great song sandwiched between other really great songs. It has a really long fade out though. Mm-hmm. And I don't love fade outs, but I do love this album. I'm not trying to diss this album at all, but I'm like, can we think of a way to end the song? Like you got all these amazing musicians or is this the one fade out song? We need one fade out song on the album. <laughs> right. Anyway, this guy in this story wants the, his girlfriend or this girl to trust him. That's essentially what's happening in, in Depending on You, that song. So the next song is song number nine, The Apartment Song. Uh, I think this really appeals to um, a lot of people like the middle class, much like everything Tom Petty is, the attitude, the personality. Um, you know, when I listened to the lyrics, I thought, yeah, like who has never been lonely at night, right? You think that things are fine. Um, life is good. I'm good, but I would like to have company. Yeah, it's simple. I, I think it appeals to everybody. And, and I love the song for that. So it's been said that this is a tribute to Buddy Holly's song, Peggy Sue. Oh. Uh, this is a rockabilly song, Paul. Yeah, I rockabilly. love it. <laughs> and it almost reminds me of that he's on the road remembering days before he was famous, hmm. like his two room apartment where he would like, you know, be lonely writing songs you know, maybe like a flashback to that, but it, it, it is such a great song. I love, I love the music in this song and it's short, sweet, and it's simple. Yep. And it, and it, it these songs, by the way, like it, it's keeps the flow right from free falling. I find that it doesn't divert too much from what you're going to hear, which is like the acoustic guitars, the harmonies, the folky rock combination. Would you, and, and, yeah, I think Jeff Lynn is the person who's just making that so sweet. You know, he's just got a great ear for let's let's make this great album and this is how we're going to make it all work together for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um the next song is All Right for Now. And you know what? I really like this song. And to my last point, everything is kind of folky and rocky and the album really flows in my opinion seamlessly. This song is a lullaby. Yep, that's right. It's like a modern day lullaby. It's got a great melody and it's an history. Like it's a cool sort of genre to put on this album, but it still works. And I really think it fits in nicely with the rest of the songs. It's the shortest song on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the line. He's like, I've spent my life traveling, spent my life free. I could not repay all you've done for me. And I think he's singing to a child. He's yeah. putting a child to sleep. Yeah. And I love that. That makes me think of my kids and, and the nights when, you know, your mm-hmm. kid says, can you draw on my back? Yeah. Or, you know, draw a little harder. Or like, you know, we go camping every year, Paul, uh, mm-hmm. with another family. And it's it's probably the best week in the summer. But mm-hmm. getting the kids to sleep in a tent is very difficult. So you end up laying in the tent, hearing all these sounds that, you know, you're not used to hearing. And, you know, you start to tell stories, right? Yeah. By the third night, you've run out of story. You have no more stories to tell. So a couple of years ago, I figured out, oh, I I know movies. I'll just start telling my kids movies, right? <laughs> so one night, I'm telling the kids Goonies, right? I'm like, you know, there's this, there's this band of kids and they have to, like, you know, find this treasure. And I tell them about the booby traps and, you know, the truffle shuffle and everything. Right. And, um, you know, they're like, they're enthralled, but then they fall asleep. Anyway, we get home after this camping trip and it's movie night. And I was like, 
hey guys, remember that story I told you when we were camping? They're like, yeah, the one about the pirate and the hey you guys. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like, do you want to watch that story? Like, I think my kids think I wrote that story. <laughs> that's awesome. And I, I'm going to use that idea. I think it's fantastic. And I think you're right. Uh, All Right For Now is about um, like a baby, right? To how they change your life. Um, yeah. For the better. Yeah. For sure. You, you know, kids ground you in in something amazing. They give your life meaning and, it, and it's a beautiful thing. And and I have to admit with you, like I put like a couple check marks on my my sheet here to say i love this song i love this song i love so this song <laughs> what did you think of the next song a mind with a heart of its own i just find it an interesting title right like a mind with a heart of its own isn't the regular saying a heart with a mind of its own i think so is yeah. he like playing around with the lyrics there i don't know but i i definitely reread it several times and it, it kind of makes sense yeah, it, it, it's weird. Like he gets back to some funky rock and roll mm -hmm. uh, with this song. Um, I like it. Is this rockabilly? Um, could the album end on this song? For mm -hmm. sure it could. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't. Um, yeah, I like it. What, what do you what do you get out of a, a mind with a heart of its own? Well, let me ask you a question. And I, I hate asking answering a question with a question, but okay, it's a Six. long song title. Okay. It is. It is. What other long song titles come to your mind? Oh my goodness! What? what? Okay, so yeah. so for me, there's a Fiona Apple uh, yeah. album that literally the title is like the whole cover, <laughs> but that's the album right. title, not not a song. A okay, song title. So for me, the first one that came to mind was Pearl Jam, Eld oh. elderly woman oh. behind a counter in a small town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then. Fallout Boy also has a, a funny long titled name. It's yeah. our lawyer made us change this name so this of the song so that we won't get sued. And isn't there like a Beatles song, like the ongoing story of like Buffalo Bill or something like that? Bungalow Bill? Yeah. The, okay. I don't I, know, man. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> this is not the longest song title in the world. Oh. Okay. okay. I thought it was long, but it's right. not as long as the one by Christine Levin. Um, hers is, and I quote, and this is the song title, okay? <laughs> Regretting what I said to you when you called me at 11 o'clock on a Friday morning to tell me that at one o'clock Friday afternoon, you're going to leave your office, go downstairs, <laughs> hail a cab to go out to the airport to catch a plane, to go skiing in the Alps for two weeks. Not that I wanted to go with you. I wasn't able to leave town. I'm not a very good skier. I couldn't expect you to pay for my way, but after going out with you for three years, I don't like surprises. Subtitled, A Musical Apology. And for those that were trying to count, that's 97 words long. What? How long is that song? Is that the chorus? The chorus happens six times in that song. <laughs> no, so, yeah, so she doesn't even, the song is uh, tongue-in-cheek about um, her joking about killing him the whole time. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's, it's pretty intense. You've you've really been vinylizing me tonight, Paul. I feel like I'm not. I feel like no. we're having a sword fight, and no, I've definitely not. been stabbed like nine times. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna Highlander you in a second. Okay. <laughs> um, we've got Zombie Zoo, uh, which is the last song on the album. It's kind of it's kind of funny. It's kind of silly. It's like Tom Petty like walking around L.A. and seeing young people lining up mm -hmm. um, at dance clubs and what they wear and how like you know almost out of it they seem they're like zombies yep. waiting to get in right yeah yeah so one of the lyrics is you look like boris karloff 
I didn't That's look up. I didn't them. look up who. Do you he know is. who Boris Karloff is? No, it sounds like a Russian guy. I don't know. Get, 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 get ready for the vinylers. <laughs> um, so he is a horror film actor, uh, most famous known for playing Frankenstein's monster in nineteen, I think nineteen thirty one. But here's the real vinylized nugget. Uh, he's actually the voice of the Grinch. In the what? 1966 classic. So when you hear like, you look like Boris Karloff, you're going to want to look at photos. Uh, but you're going to be like, well, I wonder what that person sounded like. And then when you think about, I must stop Christmas from coming. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, that's Boris no Karloff. Way, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so why is he pulling that reference out, right? <clears throat> Who knows? You know what? Yeah. And he's really getting at, like you said, the people um, going out to the clubs and dolling themselves up, but really... You know, it's just makeup that's on your face. It's not your true self. You know who's uh, doing backup vocals on this? No. Who? Roy Orbison. No way. Yeah, finally. That's he, amazing. He makes an appearance on this album. Yeah, he's like, I'll be at the end. Well, shout out to the Traveling Wilburys, right? Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about the recording process in a second. Right. Um, I think that this song helps book and the album because the very first line in the album is, she's a good girl. Right. She loves her mama. Right. The last song on the album is about these girls who go to clubs and who, you know, are like zombies and like enjoying the nightlife. So you have the good girls and the bad girls and they all come together on a full moon fever. Full moon fever. Whose phone number are you going to get tonight? (laughs) The good girls or the zombies? You know? (laughs) Yeah. So uh, it's a great album. Uh, Ken, is there anything else you've missed before we move into the recording process? No, um, I do want to talk about this recording process and the timeline um, to kind of just encapsulate this whole vinylize. Okay, so it starts in 1987 and it goes into 1988 and the album is released in 1989. So it's it's quite a process. Six recording studios. Did you get that? Mm-mm. Okay, so the six recording studios, one of them is MC Studios. I think that's referring to Mike Campbell's home studio. Mm -hmm. And the other studio that I was excited about was the Sound City studio. That's where like Nirvana recorded Nevermind. I mean, I think Dave Grohl actually owns that. um, That that mixer, right? Yeah. Um, You know, you've got, um, I think Rumors was recorded there too. So I don't Mm -hmm. know what they did at Sound City. Maybe they just did a mix. It doesn't say in any of the reading I did, but it's just nice to see Sound City on there. Um, so three producers, you said, right? Jeff Lynn, Tom Petty, Mike Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, and please interrupt me if I'm, if yep. I'm uh, talking too much, but Tom Petty says that it was a low key affair, very relaxed atmosphere. Most of the songs are recorded at Mike Campbell's garage studio, but they were actually interrupted in the recording process to allow time for the traveling Wilburys to record their album, which was released in 1988. Mm-hmm. So what are the heartbreakers thinking at this point, right? He's doing a solo album and now he's doing a side project. And now he's back to his solo album. Like, you know, are we going to be a band anymore? Well, that's right. Because it was Tom Petty and the heartbreakers. And then they start touring with Bob Dylan. And then after that tour with Bob Dylan, I think because, you know, they're becoming more friendly on the road, the traveling Wilburys is sort of formed. And Bob Dylan, I think was connected to George Harrison and, at some point these guys start hanging out and you know, they talk music and they try a few things and they say, Hey, let's just do a a little side project here. Um, and I think the traveling Woolberries was, it was, it really took off. 
right? And yeah. I don't know if you even want to talk about them or or not. But I I do. Their first album is called Volume One. Their second album is called Volume Three. Yeah, because know- they felt like people had bootlegged so many <laughs> of their songs that there was a Volume Two out there somewhere, but it wasn't released by them. And for those that don't know, who's in the Traveling Wilburys? Okay, so it's uh, I always get this wrong. It's George Harrison. Yeah. Roy Orbison. Yeah. I'm not, am I pronouncing any of these names wrong yet? No, you're good, man. Um, it's Tom Petty. Yeah. Jeff Lynn. Yeah. And Bob Dylan. And Bob Dylan. And Bob Dylan. And I think at first they wanted this to be sort of like an undercover band. I don't know what you call that. Um, right. You know where they use like a pseudonym for a name. They're not going to really yes. come out with their real names. They didn't yeah. share their real names on the Traveling Wilbury album. Right. There were Christopher right. Wilbury. Um, yeah. It was, it was, it was really cool. Um, it was a huge success. Like you said, people bootlegged it so much. Their second album is actually volume three. Wait a second. Who's playing the drums on that album? I don't None of those people are drummers. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> There's no drums on There's that album. There's so okay. much going on here, right? There's okay. so much collaboration and, and like they splinter <laughs> off to work on other projects. I don't play know. Drums. Yeah. I so, play drums. And at some point with the Traveling Wilburys, Tom Petty says, hey, I'm working on some of the solo stuff. Uh, you guys around, you want to help out? I'm like, yeah, sure. Wow. Mind blown. That's amazing. And you know, Tom Petty actually says that recording Full Moon Fever is one of the most enjoyable recording sessions of his career. I think. And, and you can really feel it in the music, right? Why, why do you think that is? I think it's just that it was so easy. I think he connected with Jeff Lynne. I mean, I didn't even get to talk about him yet. Like, He's a superstar musician. He was in ELO. Like, think about those songs that they did. Like, you know, Mr. Is it Mr. Blue Skies or Mr. Bright Eyes or what? Uh, what is it? I can't remember. Oh, Mr. Blue Sky, right? And Evil Woman. Those are great songs. And there's like a ton of other ones that he's, he does. And he heavily influences the sound. He gives it like a cleaner, glossier sound for root rock, which, mm-hmm. you know, you don't hear on some of the older um, Heartbreaker albums. So I think he's just giving something new to Tom Petty. He's like, you know, lighting a new flame under Tom's creative, uh, you know, creativity, creative creativity. <laughs> you know, when you watch, you know, when you watch an all-star game, um, yes. like the Traveling Wilburys was a super, super group, really. Yes. And they I, were super, super group. I think the pressure, <laughs> I think the pressure was really taken off of them to, um, make anything amazing they're having fun but because they're all just amazing at what they do the product that they turned out was was top notch right yeah so with tom petty's solo album i think it's just kind of him hanging out with his buddies they throw around a suggestion and when they all give their little bit of input it's it's a smash hit yeah you know it's 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 a pretty amazing process that the wilburys are there and you know he gets a solo album Mm -hmm. and you know Mm -hmm. and you know both albums what a time amazing what a time um so there's two songs that were recorded for full moon fever that aren't on the album they were b-sides uh down the line and don't treat me like a stranger you're definitely gonna want to check those out finalized listeners and tom petty also wrote um a song called indiana girl Mm -hmm. which is the early draft for uh, Mary Jane's Last Dance. Hmm. Yeah, during this time, which is released later. So really great. And you know what? He goes back to the Heartbreakers 
and he writes a phenomenal album with them mm -hmm. afterwards. So it's not like he does the solo album and then the next thing that comes out with the heartbreak is terrible. Like Into the Great Wide Open is actually, I think it's produced by Jeff Lynne and yep. it is phenomenal. Yeah. And he, yeah. Did he do another solo album following that called Wallflower? Or uh, there, I don't know if Wall, Wild, is Wallflower is solo. Wildflower, sorry. There's great yeah. songs on that yeah. album too. Like he just kept yeah. cranking them out, man. Just keep cranking keep them out. Keep cranking I think them to, out. Do we need to get to the epic playlist? Let's do it. Okay, so it's your album this week. Mm -hmm. So it's my pick. And, you know, I can't put 12 songs on the epic playlist, which is really hard. Um, you know, I jump around when I make uh, a playlist. You know, do you put the fast song on? Do you put the hit? Do you put a surprise song? So people are like, who is this? And what song is this? Uh, but I do think every great playlist needs a cover song. Oh, so okay. I'm actually going to put uh, the uh, feel a whole lot better cover from the, you know, the birds cover. I think it's a great song. It's going to add some really nice uh, music to our playlist. And someone's going to be like, hey, who is this? Is this Tom Petty? And then someone's going to go, actually, this is a cover, uh, which is great. And lastly, another reason why I want to do this, Paul, is that um, my dad has inspired so much music in my life. Mm -hmm. He loves Tom Petty. Uh, when I was learning how to play the bass, we were doing um, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers into the Great Wide Open. My dad is in a cover band now since he's retired called Vintages, and they record a whole bunch of uh, great music together. Um, and just hearing this cover reminds me of him, and I want to have a little bit of that on our epic playlist. Awesome, man. I love it. With another song added to the epic playlist on Spotify, that brings us to the end of the Tom Petty Full Moon Fever Vinylized Session. Join us on Facebook for related videos and links all week long. Special shout out to Alex, our producer, for putting the show together every single week. We'll talk to you next time when we pick a new album and we tempt you to vinylize.